everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. It's their kind of day. <laughs> this is the weekly weather for November 13th to the 20th of 2022. Uh, 2,222, whatever it is. Two, two O's, two, two. The eclipses are leaving. The eclipses are leaving. Yay, Ra. We're on the downside. We still have four planets out of bounds. There's a lot of out of bounds planets. Um, and a lot of intensity in the sky as we go towards the new moon in Sagittarius that takes place on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So even though we are in the ebbing part of the eclipse season, we are not quite there yet. So with that in mind, we'll go forward into the energy of the week. Thank you all for voting. Um, I had an article that a reporter called me for, for in a paper out west, and I said, hey, I don't think it's going to be a red wave. I think it's going to be some surprises. The Dobbs decision was leaked during the last eclipses. Uh, between the two, on May 5th, there was an eclipse on April 30th. There was an eclipse on May 15th. And I said, you know, those that decision will impact the election. And, of course, the eclipse had Uranus moon. Uranus is separation, moon is mother. Uh, on the north node, and then the sun, Venus, Mercury on the south node uh, in Scorpio. Uh, of course, death and reproductive areas. And of course, a lot of young people turned out that Mercury in Scorpio, lots of young ones showed up and a lot of people voted and there wasn't a red wave. <laughs> I've heard it said that actually was like a light, a light leak kind of thing. A light red leak, not a red wave. Uh, and a red whip ripple. But anyway, thank you for voting. You don't have to hear my politics me nagging you for the next, I'll nag you again next in 2024 if you're still listening. But um, yeah, so we're good. We're moving forward. And we have an opportunity now to say, what's the vision? Remember, we're in the middle of our Pluto return for the United States. And I had written to my astrology teacher, John Marcusella, as I had an article due for the Ingress and uh, the, for the member letter, member letter, not the ingress. And um, I said, can I have an extension till after the election? And he was like, sure. So I feel uh, looking forward to sending that article in. Um, so forward we go uh, into the new energy, the new approach, the new direction, where we're headed, what we're doing and why. And so as the eclipses leave, you have perhaps had some major, major changes in your life. Some things have come to light. Now, do remember Mars is retrograde, right? That's the important thing to remember about this eclipse. Because Mars is retrograde, there also still are reversals to happen because Mars goes direct in January, on January 12th, which is when the new Congress gets seated. So we'll see what happens. The story is not by any means told yet. Mars entered its retrograde shadow on September 3rd, so all the things since September 3rd that have felt a little topsy-turvy, and then it retrograded right as the beginning of the eclipse season, and now it'll go backwards until January 12th, and then it'll go forward again. So we're not done. And Mars, of course, is out of bounds. Now we have four planets out of bounds. That's a lot of planets, including Mars. So with that in mind, we can really expect some rocking and rolling energy in the week ahead and you know in the next few weeks until Mars comes back in because he's pretty far out. We also have Pallas Athena in Cancer. Pallas Athena is strategic visionary energy. She's the father's daughter and Cancer of course is the mother and the moon and women 
And we also have Lilith in Cancer. And Lilith was Adam's wife. She didn't want to be obedient and subservient to him. She's out of bounds. So I do think when they actually figure out what all is going on, they'll, they'll figure out there were a lot of people that showed up because they didn't like the way things were so out of bounds and they were voting for a little more stability. And of course, Mars has been out of bounds for a while. So that's part of why everything's just so topsy-turvy and it will continue to be. So we're not by any means out of the eclipse woods. We're just past, you know, the election. And I know in my case, I have a Pisces moon. So I keep saying to you, do your moon when you're feeling anxious because that's how you comfort yourself. So my Pisces moon is six years old, six degrees. So on election night, I went, I, I can't stay up. I'm too nervous. I have to go to bed. So I went and hopped in bed, my jammies with my tea and a little biscotti and a book. And I couldn't read the book because I was too nervous, you know, and I love reading books. So then I, uh, it tries to, I was trying to read Chris Brennan's new Vetus Philans translation, totally, like not able to even focus for a second on the, you know, the stuff. I mean, it's a great book, it's beautiful, but, it, you know, gone on me, because I was like, doo -doo 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 -doo. so I went, you know what, I'm just going to go to sleep. So I turned the light off, 8.30, <laughs> rolled over, went to sleep, and then woke up at 5 in the morning to turn on the radio and hear the election results. So however you want to handle yourself, the best thing to do is look at your moon and do the moon. This next, we still have two more weeks of eclipses. Um, do the moon. That's how you comfort yourself. Bottom of the Maslow's Pyramid there. You know, when you're, when you're working with the, the moon, you're working with your fundamental security base. So do your moon. Pisces moon sleeps. It also takes showers and baths, and it also goes in the river and the ponds and the lakes and the, the swimming pools and stuff. But, you know, it, on a winter night, in November night in New York, I went to bed um, with my flannel pajamas and my little socks on to make my feet warm. So whatever you do to comfort yourself, you still need two more weeks of comforting. So be gentle. The world's crazy. It will continue to be cray-cray. And, uh, you know, just going to have fun. So I've decided one of the things I really like is um, <laughs> quotes from people because uh, I get, you know, I get emails and people write me and stuff and I appreciate people that wrote and commented and I wanted to explain somebody said why don't you turn comments on on the video and I said because people a guy made a fake assuming a guy might have been a girl made a fake video uh, you fake YouTube channel and was hitting up people for readings pretending to be me and also I had somebody write me this week saying hey you know I paid for a report and I never got it I'm like I don't sell reports it's a fake Instagram account my Instagram account has 11,000 some odd followers that's a fake one please report them I've reported it many times my students have reported it please report it do not buy it don't sell reports don't buy reports from the fake Instagram account bad, bad. You want to buy anything, you're going to PayPal admin at Ann Ortley, any other PayPal address, not my PayPal. They say it's my sister's. It's not my sister's. My sister's a Tapmeyer who lives in Florida. <sighs> fraud, fraud, fraud. We have a really crooked, we have a lot of crooked things out there. A little broken, a little broken. 
So at any rate, last week I said was going to be a lot of shit was going to go down. So I heard from Mary indirectly through Maureen up in Massachusetts who works at a restaurant. And she said that somebody had come in carrying a whole bunch of dog poop on their shoe. And they had to clean. They all stayed up late. Literally there was shit all over the restaurant. They had to stay up open late to clean the carpet. So quite literally this week, a lot of activity out of bounds with this giant grand water triangle that's going to spring a leak. Important to watch. When it springs the leak, the leak is going towards the Pluto and Capricorn, the power dynamic. So we'll, we'll look at the charts for that. You can see, you know, how cool it's going to be. So in addition to um, some of the other comments I heard, remember my, my client Sarah over in, over in Sweden, uh, we can go through it or we can grow through it. I love this comment from Jesse who wrote, God grant me this senility to forget the people I never liked anyway, the good fortune to run into the ones I do like, and the eyesight to tell the difference, which I thought was very cute. And then Elizabeth said today, everything needs to get back in bounds. Not this week. Everything's out of bounds this week. It's very wild. All right, so let's talk about the energy. I called this one ouch because there's a lot of ouch energy in the sky. Most importantly, when we're looking at an ouch chart, it's got either a finger of God or a hammer of Thor because those are the ones that give us the most trouble. You know, T-squares we can manage, grand crosses we can manage, and this is an ouch chart because these little Scorpio planets over here are all forming um, fingers of God with the Mars in Gemini out of bounds and with the Eris, the goddess of discord, out of bounds. Notice these two are square. Mars is square to Eris, and they all talk, they all report into this Venus, this Mercury, and the and the Sun. And so what's going to happen is Venus went through. You can see she's at 26, triggered him. Mercury's coming through. He's going to trigger them. You can see he's 23. The Sun will come through, and he will trigger them. So that's like an ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. We also have a Grand Trine in water all week long. Now, Grand Trines are considered by the ancients to be actually a little difficult. We all get excited. Oh, I have a Grand Trine. But really what they are is they're closed energy systems. So in this case, a Grand Trine in water adds emotion. And we have a lot of water planets. You can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's a lot of water. Jupiter's at an anoretic degree at 28 Pisces, makes him super wet. Now, he loves being in Pisces, so that's not bad. And he and Neptune met up, remember, back in April at 23 Pisces to start this new 13-year cycle. They trine Lilith and Athena in Cancer, which is the sign of women, the sign of mothers, the sign of nurturing, out of bounds. And Lilith has an interesting little sub-story there because she is um, Adam's first wife. And he, you know, when he got dominion over the animals, he said, I have dominion over you. And she said, suck an egg, I'm out of here. And she laughed. And then he, it wasn't a particularly nice ex-husband, he accused her of causing nocturnal emissions and that she stole his seed and made demon babies with it. So it's an interesting, she has an interesting mythology. Um, and then, of course, Pallas Athena is the father's daughter, and she's a strategic goddess, a visionary goddess. She's also legal matters, because she rules justice, right? 
Um, so she is in cancer too. These two girls are both out of bounds. So when you got the woman who makes demon babies out of bounds with legal energy and you, you see this energy and of course when we say demon babies we have to kind of go, oh let's take away let's take away Adam's obsession with his ex-wife and perhaps she was just free-flowing, perhaps she didn't care if she got pregnant, perhaps whatever, there's an interesting sub-mythology to Lilith because she doesn't like um, being controlled but she also is very prominent in abortion charts when, when a client's had an abortion or a miscarriage and the way they get the baby out when you've had a miscarriage is using procedures that are called abortions um, because they have to do a DNC or they have to do a suction or they have to do some medical procedure which also can be used to make uh, to, 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 to abort a child that's a fetus that's still in there and then the moon or Athena out of bounds in Cancer, answering to the moon. So of course, every couple of days, when the moon changes sign, these these two feisty up. So this last couple of days, they've been in the moon's been in Cancer out of bounds, activating them. Goes into Leo tomorrow, um, but it's been in Cancer over the weekend. So we do see that feminine energy. And then down here, we have the Scorpio left over from the eclipse, and they're kind of hanging out together. The three of them are hanging out and they're in Scorpio, they also answer to an out-of-bounds Mars and Gemini. And Mars and Gemini answers to Mercury and Scorpio, and of course Mercury and Scorpio answers to Mars. Those two guys are in mutual reception. So we see these planets as really, even though they're in Scorpio, they're kind of answering to an out-of-bounds planet too, so they can be very out-of-bounds. And out-of-bounds is a little wild. Now the Grand Trine makes for a closed energy system. Cancer is the water in the lakes and the rivers. Scorpio is the swamp water that doesn't change. And Scorpio rules reproductive. And Jupiter and Neptune rule legislation. So when the decision was made in April, this conjunction here was tied, you know, was activating and Jupiter was going into Aries. Went into Aries in March, the decision was made during the eclipse season, so it did produce a lot of votes. So this grand trine in water is emotional feeling that was running underneath the current of the election. And then the kite, what happens is it has a, a way to get out, which is very important when it's just a grand trine like this, it goes round and around and around and it doesn't have an exit strategy. It's like a giant whirlpool in a chart, you know, because it's... So if you go to Niagara Falls and you look down, you see this giant whirlpool where the falls end. Hard to get out of a whirl, how to get out of a whirlpool. But the exit to the whirlpool is this little Pluto in Capricorn over here, which of course is the United States. We're having our Pluto return. But Pluto in Capricorn is power, corporations and power. You know, I have power, government power over you. So you can see the Grand Trines leak. The Grand Trine heads in the direction of looking at the power taking all that emotional and leaking it or shooting it into the power. Now if you think of it as a kite, the kites that's the part that the kite flies towards. The energy all flies towards the toppy part. The tail hangs out here, right? So we can see the energy, the intense energy of emotion that's there in this chart that's part of the energy of the energy system all this week and last week too, but now it's really coming into focus because last week when we had the eclipse, it was over here at 16, but now it's coming into here. 
into the 20s, and then it's forming this grand trine with the Lilith and the Athena and the, um, the Jupiter and the Neptune. So we're feeling the emotions extra strong, and we will be feeling these for a while because it's going to take a while for the sun. He's got at least eight more days, six more, seven more days to get past Neptune or past Jupiter. But he's going to come in and trine the Neptune. He's going to come in and trine the Jupiter. They both are all trining these guys here, so it's going to be bing, 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 bing. Kind of think of them as they set each other off. As they hit the points, they're going to set it off. So we've already had Venus go through. She has uh, finished with it. She's going to have a trine to Jupiter here, in, like today, tomorrow. This is Monday's chart. Mercury comes and ding-dings. He's already gone through these guys, but he's going to hit Jupiter. Sun, however, which is illumination and seeing things, is just starting through this triangle. So he's going to hit Neptune. You can see he's 2244. This is the moment when he was trying Neptune, which is Monday at 10 at night. And then we see he goes to trine uh, Lilith. And then he's going to trine the... Uh, Pallas Athena, and then he's going to try and Jupiter, right? So he's kind of going to ding them all and set them off. And of course, he's going to sextile Pluto in the midst of that whole thing. So uh, the, the Mercury-Pluto sextile happened on Sunday, uh, setting off the Pluto. So we see this, this kind of, think of this configuration as this giant swirling mess of emotional lability out of control. Because these Scorpio planets are answering to the Mars out of bounds, and these other guys are answering to the moon, and right now the moon's out of bounds. It's out of bounds on Sunday, and Monday was out of bounds on Saturday. So the moon's coming back in bounds, which will calm it down a little bit. Mars is way out, so these guys are really active. So if you know that, it just helps you understand why, even though the eclipses are over and we had the full moon, we're now in the release process, going towards that new moon. So even though they're leaving, they're, they're going to have a big residual emotional swing, especially as the sun now goes through these four other planets. Now, Mercury and Venus are ahead of the sun. They're not, they've already gone through them. Well, Mercury's going through them now, but the sun will go through them towards the end of the week. So this is a grand trine in place all week long. A lot of energy. Next up. The sun is also going to have the trine to Neptune, which is going to happen on Monday night. And we're going to look at these things. So we see the grand trine, we see all the contention in the sky. I always like to look at the middle of the chart. Remember the red lines are where the planets are having arguments or power struggles. The blue lines are where they're getting along and they're cooperating and they're sharing ideas. So we can see, you know, a lot of intensity, right? Then when we get to, there's a finger of God that happens this week too with the Sun and Mercury forming a finger of God with Mars and Eris. Now these are mean planets. Mars rule, and this is a finger of God that forms over the course of the week. Um, so Mercury forms it and the Sun forms it. So it's you're in orb feeling it. And again, even though it's exact, it's kind of there, loaded up kind of think of the planets when they get like this they get the energy really stirred up and then they come and touch your planets so if you have any planets at 23 24 25 26 27 they're going to get activated because the sun is getting loaded with the energy of Eris the goddess of discord who's sextile to that Mars out of bounds in Gemini who's answering to Mercury and Scorpio so Mercury and Mars in mutual reception they can change rules but the shooting out energy is going to be this pointy part here in Scorpio. Again, part of that 
grand trine, right? But also there's a finger of God embedded in the grand trine with mean planets. Eris, the goddess of discord, not a pleasant little piper. <laughs> and Mars and Gemini retrograde. Reversals, exceptions, things that you think are going to happen aren't. Processes you think are going to take place don't. And it's backwards. Now, the good news is, if you break up with somebody or you get dumped or you do whatever, when Mars goes direct, when we get to January 12th, it's going to reverse. It's going to go forward again. But Mars asks us to go back and reevaluate, to look at things, to reconsider. And I can't tell you how many emails I've been getting from people going, oh my God, you know, I'm like, no, 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 it's Mars retrograde. Let's wait till he goes direct. Everybody is reconsidering what they want to do and why they want to do it or if they want to do it. And, you know, I got an email that said, the wind is out of the sails. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Grand Trine and water. We'll be calmed. Mars is backwards. Yeah. Right? It is. So just relax. It's definitely not a week where you need to make immediate decisions, even though you might feel you need to make an immediate decision, because you might feel like, oh my God, I just saw this now. I have to do something. That's the eclipse's trick. It makes you think you absolutely positively have to do something immediately, when in fact, you actually have more time. This is a situation that's been going on for a while. Yes. And is it going to happen now? Yeah. Is it a decision they're going to regret? Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, we wait until the Mars goes direct and we see what really happens. We wait until Mars comes back in bounds because everybody is feeling they need to make decisions immediately. When, in fact, take a breath and, and breathe and relax because that's what really the heavens want you to do. You know, as above, so below, as without, so within. You're feeling it. I mean, I went to bed at 8.30. I never go to bed at 8.30. But I was like, I, I just, I can't deal with this a minute longer. Reading was totally ineffective. I have a Mars square Mercury. I was like, I can't read. I can't even read. I can't even concentrate. Well, just shut up and go to sleep, man. And I did. So do your moon, because that's where you find solace and comfort. And it's some, if you have an air moon, call somebody and talk to them. If you have a water moon, disappear, retreat, go soak yourself somewhere. If you have a fire moon, go exercise and do stuff. If you have an earth moon, organize things. Move stuff around. Physically do something. So it, they all, in, in Aries, fire moons, vision, vision, vision. Light candles, you know. It's, it's understanding that the energy is really out of control. And because the two of those planets are answering to the moon, um, in that grand trine out of bounds, your moon, the moon's, even if the moon's inside, those planets are going, row, row, as the moon changes. And watch where the moon is in your chart. What house is it traveling through? Because that's emotionally, we're going to have to deal with emotional people, regardless of where the grand trine in water is in your chart. Next up, Venus enters Sagittarius. Yay! She leaves Scorpio behind. She gets to go do have fun. Notice she's answering to a lovely, lovely, lovely Jupiter in Pisces who's very happy. So Venus is suddenly going to be happy. That'll happen on Wednesday. And she'll be very perky. And she'll be like, oh, I feel so much better. 
I feel so much better. It's also Christmas shopping time. You know, she's going to be like, okay, I want to I wanna do Christmas stuff. I want to get out and go. I want to go do things. And I forgot to note when she goes out of Sag. I believe it's in January. Or not in January, in December. So she's in Sag until uh, December 6th. And then she goes into Capricorn. So she goes out of bounds. She's happy. She's thrilled. She's out of bounds. Yay, yay, yay. And she's answering to a terrific Jupiter. So this is money, balance, offers. You know, if you're waiting for a job interview or you're planning a trip or you're trying to figure out your vision for what you're going, she gets out of Scorpio, she gets out of the swamp, she gets out of the water. She walks over and she hangs out by the fire. And she feels good. She lights a candle to help her see the darkness. So that's a helpful energy when she goes into Sagittarius. So that's going to be Wednesday. And you'll really feel it. You'll wake up feeling better. And of course, she's at the last degree uh, of Scorpio on Tuesday, the 15th. So Venus in Scorpio trines the Jupiter in Sag, the revenge tour of the orange guy. So we'll see what happens. Not great to announce for a presidential election on Venus in her detriment. Just saying. And Mars retrograde. Just saying. And Mars on your south node on the eclipse that you were born on. Not a good day to announce for another term of office. Then we get to Friday. Sun is finishing up its sextile to Pluto. Right In the meantime, the sun has gotten to 26 here. So he's gone through and he's finished up his trine to the heiress and to Athena. He's finished up his trine to Neptune. He's coming in and he's going to trine Jupiter in a couple days, but he's sextiling Pluto, so he's setting off that um, that grand old uh, kite in the sky. Now notice we also have, when this aspect happens, we now have Moon having moved into Earth. So the Moon and Ceres are forming a mystic rectangle, which you can see right there. Mystic rectangles are callings from your soul. So you're going to listen on Friday to what your soul says it wants to do. There's a calling, it's like whispering in your ear, and it's saying, hey, don't you want to do this? And you do want to do that. And I think I missed Mercury going into Sag here. But Mercury goes into Sag too, which is not a great thing, because Mercury in Sag gets, is a little more scattered. I missed that one. Sorry about that. Let's see when that happened, because I didn't see that one in my little sheet of things. Um, yeah. Mercury goes into Sag on the 17th. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so Mercury goes into Sag too, and he will be in Sag until... Now, we don't like Mercury in Sag that much, because he's very communicative, and he's just full of stuff. Um, and he goes... He Actually, he goes into Capricorn on the 6th, and Venus goes into Capricorn on the 9th. I got that wrong. Of December. So they're both in Sag traveling together. Sun is behind, coming up. Sun gets there next week. But the two of them leave the swamp and go off and join into the direction of light. And then the sun has a nice sextile to Pluto, kind of triggering that leak of emotions, triggering the energy for power. So we should have um, some real understanding of where things are going when that sun sextiles Pluto. You know, what actually is happening with the power dynamics. Next up, Mars is going to square Neptune. 
Now this is important because Mars is going backwards and this is his second of three squares to Neptune and he's been besieged a little bit. Now we technically, it's not like traditional besiegement, but Mars has been trapped between Neptune and Jupiter in Gemini. So that's kind of like he's like a little fish out of water, right? And even though Jupiter and Neptune are not mean planets, as far as Mars is concerned, they are, because he's like, I really don't like getting stuck in the water. I like being in charge. I like, so it's kind of like he's getting whacked by waves of emotion and waves of feeling, because he's been in a square to that grand trine in water. So he goes past the Neptune, and he's still going backwards. He's going to go backwards to eight until January 12th, and then he'll come forward. So now we're having part two of the, oh, I can see clearly now, the rain is gone and I'm releasing this energy of emotion. So that's going to happen on Saturday. And then last but not least, Juno enters Pisces. Uh, and she remember, she went retrograde in Aquarius, and now she's going forward again. So she, um, she enters Pisces. Actually, I think it's Vesta enters Pisces. A little couple typos here. This it's been a busy day. <laughs> so Vesta enters Pisces, but remember she's in there till the end of March. Um, but we had we had her enter Pisces and Aquarius, and then go backwards, and now she's forward again. So Vesta goes into Pisces. So this is a great opportunity to clean your house, release things, process emotionally, do things for your body, do things for your health, make yourself feel better, because the energy is very strong. And then the last aspect that happens on Sunday is the sun coming in to finish out that grand trine that we've had all week. Flow, flow, emotion, emotion. And you can see the trine's intensity is dropping, right? But we still have an, an intense energy and we still have that mystic rectangle in there, which is the calling. Not so active because it's been triggered by, not triggered, not as active earlier in the week because it's triggered by the moon. But here, as the moon, uh, as the sun finishes its trine to Jupiter, we leave this lovely little grand trine in water and it all starts to break up and everybody goes home and we all feel better. So that's next Sunday. So that's the energy for the week. It's an interesting week. It's got a lot of stuff in it. And aside from screwing up about missing the Mercury going into sad, hey, too much to keep track of, frankly. It's an out-of-bounds week. I got a grand try in water. I, you know, I'm floating along, trying to keep up. All right, so the sun in Scorpio this week goes from 22 Scorpio to 29 Scorpio. Uh, and he, of course, has the finger of God with Mars and Eris, the goddess of discord, at the beginning of the week on the 15th. And then he enters into that sextile to Pluto, which is an understanding of his power dynamics. He does have a trine to, I didn't include this in the thing, but he has a trine to the out-of-bounds uh, Athena in, in uh, Cancer. And then at the end of the week, he has the trine to Jupiter. He also has some health aspects this week. Remember, when we're in eclipse season, Health aspects go fast, go bad fast. Uh, so do not fool around any kind of health aspect into the doctor because you cannot, you know, the eclipses want to take things out, want to have things fail. So you really want to be on your toes around any health matters. Mercury this week goes from 24 uh, Scorpio to 2 Sagittarius. And as I mentioned, he enters Sagittarius on November 17th, which I missed the slide for. That happens at 3.14 in the morning. But he also has a finger of God with Mars and Eris on the 13th on Sunday, today. And then he has trines and sextiles to Pluto. 
uh, trines to Athena on uh, trine to Athena on the 14th, uh, sextile to Pluto, which is power dynamics on the 14th, and then he has a trine to Jupiter. Uh, Mercury has a trine to Jupiter on the 16th, and then he has an entering of Sag. And then at the end of the week, he has health news too. That's on the 18th, when he has a quintagile to Uranus. And he also has health news on the 16th. When I have a dentist appointment, so hopefully he's not going to be nothing. There's hopefully there's going to be nothing wrong with my teeth that day. He has a quintagile to the North Node on the 16th. Uh, Venus this week is running from 20, and he ends the ends of the week at two Scorpio, two Sag. So he's going from 24 Sag to two Sag, two and a half, almost three. Um, Venus this week goes from 26 Scorpio to two uh, Sag, and she has the sextile to Pluto because last week she had the finger of God with Eris and um, Athena, or Eris and Mars. Um, and she has a tr she has the trine to Jupiter on the 15th. Venus and Scorpio trines Jupiter on the 15th, and then she enters Sagittarius on the 16th at uh, 108. Mars kind of quiet this week. He does have a sextile to Eris, which is part of the fingers of God that have been forming with Mercury, the Sun, and Venus. And again, fingers of God are fated events when you're asked to make fated choices around the direction of your life. Um, and then, of course, Mars has a square to Neptune at the end of the week, retrograde. This is his second. He still has another one to go, which will be next March. So, you know, we, this is part one of, this is number two. But it also, it helps you see things you hadn't seen before. When Mars squares Neptune, there's kind of like, wow, I thought that was what was going to happen. And now, hmm, that's not really what's going to happen. Oh, okay. And we really don't know what's going to happen until we get to mid-March. March, Mars is in Gemini, leaving his retrograde shadow when we get to the 25th of March. And he has a square, one more square with Neptune. So it's kind of like part one, part two, part three. Remember, we don't know the full thing until it gets to the end. But we do have ideas about what we want to do. Um, and then very little activity from Jupiter. Uh, and Saturn has a quincunx to Ceres um, in Virgo, and that's going to happen on the 15th as a structural adjustment. And Virgo in, uh, Virgo in Gemini, I'm sorry, Ceres in Virgo. So that's kind of just an adjusting, crabby, cranky energy. Uh, and then we have Vesta, I said it incorrectly in the slide, Vesta goes into Pisces. And that happens on the 20th. So that's the energy for the week. It is kind of um, emotionally full. Now remember, one of the things that happens when we have all this intensity, we have the new moon, which started this whole business back on the 24th of um, October. And then we had the full moon on election day with the Uranus and the new, all this stuff up there. And now we kind of go, oh. And there's like an emotional release that we're working with here. And so this is this is an emotional release. Unlike last week when the shit hits the fan and the dog poop comes into Mary's restaurant, um, this is the time when we're really working with. Oh, that's what's going on. Oh, and because Mercury and Venus are in Sag, they're very fiery and very impassioned. So that's helpful, but they're also visionary. So they're going to start saying, "Hey, let's articulate what our vision is for this next chapter." Now, when we're looking at the moon, what the moon does this week, 
um, we're the week of the, the, make sure I'm in the right month, <laughs> this is the 13th, so today the moon's in Cancer, it goes void at 541 tomorrow morning, Monday morning, and it goes void with a lovely trine to Jupiter, moon trine Jupiter, and then this, the moon enters Leo, now it's out of bounds, it's out of bounds, that moon is out of bounds, it goes into Leo on the 15th and the, the 14th and the 15th, and it goes void at 6.55 p.m. on Wednesday. And it goes void um, with a... It goes void with a square to Mercury. Um, Wednesday's very intense, because we also have the moon entering Sagittarius, and there's a lot of intense aspects. So Wednesday is one of our intense days. Monday, the 14th, is actually a pretty fun day. There's not a lot of intense aspects. There's a little bit of shocking news when the moon in Leo squares the Uranus and opposes the Saturn, sets off that T-square on the 15th, but that's going to be in the evening on Tuesday evening, the 15th. But the intense day, Wednesday, Wednesday is very intense. Mercury goes into Sag on the 14th, on the 17th rather, and moon enters Virgo at 8.04 p.m. Wednesday night. And it'll be in Virgo all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday. It goes void at 3.47 a.m. Saturday morning. And it goes void with an opposition to Jupiter, Mercury and Virgo, opposite Jupiter in Pisces. And then the moon goes into Libra on the morning of the 19th, 5.58 a.m. It'll be in Libra uh, Saturday night, Sunday night. And it goes void on Monday at 6.14 a.m. with a square to Pluto. Uh, the 18th is okay. It's kind of a mixed bag day. Some stuff's easy, some stuff's hard. The moon in Virgo has a trine to Uranus as well as an opposition to Neptune, and it also has a trine to Pluto. So that the 18th is kind of a power day in terms of getting stuff done and making decisions and figuring out things. And then the weekend's kind of tough because the moon is in Libra and its last aspect is going to be a square to Pluto. So even though you've made the decisions and Mars is square Neptune, you're seeing things clearly, there's an intensity there that's pretty strong on Saturday the 19th. And then the 20th is okay. Not a, not a lot of stuff going on then. Um, and the Moon in Libra does have a trine. It forms a grand trine on the 20th to the Saturn and the Mars during the course of the day, mostly in the evening next Sunday night. So that's the energy for the week ahead. And hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to use it. Uh, we're having the cruise. Some of you have signed up. We're going to hang out, go out, sing and dance, eat to dinner together. I'll be doing some readings on the cruise if you're interested in that. Um, and it's going to be fun. Uh, a cup full of stars. People like it. I've added a song to the story or an explanation video. Today I did the uh, I did one about the speed of out-of-bounds planets and how they work. So it's a 6 to 10 minute daily audio, and you get a list of the timed aspects, basically the ones I use on Twitter, but usually they're a little longer because Twitter has a limit. And uh, we also have the Pluto return for the United States. I will be doing that article for the uh, member letter, so I'll post it. You can all have it. And then last but not least, that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction from April, it's getting activated right now because Mars is coming along to activate it. So think about what you said you wanted to do in April uh, and for the next 13 years of your life, and now it's time to start taking action on it. 
Hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to use the week energy. Remember, the eclipses are leaving. They are, they are, I promise. And uh, if you didn't believe in eclipses before, I bet you do now. Have a great week. Miss you, and have a wonderful, wonderful time. Do your emotional work, and take care of that moon of yours when you're feeling sleepy, when you're feeling anxious, like I did, go to bed. You know, do what comforts your moon, and think about how old it is, what degree it is. My moon's six. So really, it's a bath or bed. Those are my two favorite things. and um, Or a lake, or a swimming pool. But, you know, that kind of energy. So comfort yourself. This is a very emotional week. Everybody's going to be really processing all the emotions that happened over the last four weeks. It's a lot. A lot going on. And you have to think of that south node. My friend Lynn Bell said, think of it as the poison getting sucked out. The poison getting sucked out of your life. You're releasing the poison. You're letting it go. So anything you can do to help that release happen, including a ritual, a ceremony of release, going to bed, <laughs> whatever works for you. Have a great day and a great week. The eclipses are leaving. I promise. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.